0: In the film, Room for Rent, we meet Mitch Baldwin. Mitch won the lottery in his senior year. Three years later, he is flat broke and a laughingstock. He's been holed up in his family's home ever since. With his father retiring, talk of downsizing pushes Mitch to suggest renting a room to a mysterious stranger named Carl. When Carl upsets Mitch's routine way of life, a battle of wits turns into an all-out war involving deception, humiliation, spying, and revenge. The question is, how far are these guys prepared to go? The answer is, too far. And that is the premise behind this wonderful comedy called Room for Rent. And we have with us today the director and writer of the film, and that would be Matthew Atkinson. Matthew, welcome to Film School.
1: Thank you so much, Frank.
0: Thank you so much for being here. This is a lot of fun. Um, and it is a, it is kind of a slow burn of a film and in terms of sort of ramping up the level of hijinks and back and forth and the, all these different elements within the film, I really appreciate about it, the way you kind of laid the groundwork at the beginning of the film, although you don't give us too much information. I just wanted to compliment you on sort of the setup to the <coughs> film and the way it sort of unfolds. Tell me how this story came about. How did you come to the story of Room for Rent?
1: Uh, well, thanks for that. I appreciate uh, the compliment. Um, well, the story here—I guess it was a number of things. Uh, years ago, when I was uh, finishing high school and moving out, uh, my parents had mentioned, just kind of in passing, that they may, oh, you know, rent my room out to a boarder or something for some extra cash, or I don't know if they were trying to scare me into, <laughs> uh, you know, making sure that uh, I do well and don't come back, but. Um, uh, it uh, it just got me thinking, like, oh, weird. What if I come home for you know the holidays and there's some stranger in the house and, and they're sitting with us at the table at dinner and uh, it, it just it, I guess my my mind always goes to you know how can that be a you know story idea? But um, yeah. it, it sort of gave me the creeps. And then I just sort of stored that. And then when I was thinking of uh, I, w- I was watching a bunch of documentaries on lottery winners and how the majority of winners apparently. You know, it doesn't go so well for these people. Um, a lot of people blow the, the money pretty quick, and, and, you know, their lives go uh, kind of poorly after that, um, which I thought was really fascinating. Anyways, like, these sort of ideas were kind of coalescing. We were talking about making a film and, and making something that was a little bit contained, you know, inside a house, kind of a, a potboiler of uh, a sort of a dark comedy, and this is, you know, these sort of ideas all came together. and and really, with the kernel of you know, what happens if someone moves into your house and they they yeah. have some sort of hidden agenda?
0: Yeah, and and again, this is a, a not an unfamiliar story if you're paying attention to to the to the stories of people who have had real money and end up broke. I mean, it, it it's a it, you know, it's a, almost a curse for some people to have inherited or won money in a lottery. It turns into anyway, and so that that's Absolutely. that that's and there's a film that this. Your film reminds me of, and I just want to give the audience kind of a frame of reference, because as I said just a second ago, sort of this slow burn, the sort of the, the screws tightening around uh, Mitch's world. The, the and there was a film that came out that John Advilson, and I I know I butcher his name, John Advilson. He made a film years ago uh, called Neighbors with uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd.
1: Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: A film that I don't think was very well appreciated at the time it came out, but um, subsequently has sort of gained a little bit of a cult status. And the reason it reminds me of your film "Room for Rent" is that the 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 quote unquote normal becomes increasingly less normal. Where Belushi's character in "Neighbors" was was convinced that that all the people in his in this the, the new couple that moved in and his wife were beginning to conspire against him. There's a little bit of that element in in this film. And also stylistically, you did some very interesting things in terms of lighting and color and all that. And it also reminded me of that film. I didn't know if I've, I'm reaching here, if, you, if it was sort of film that influenced you. But it reminded me of the characteristics of that film, the way that you, you set it up, the way that the story unfolds. And then also the look of it, because it was very claustrophobic in that film. And your film is at times claustrophobic as well. I don't know if this is an analogy no, that I, works. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, um, I'm a fan of that film. It, it's uh, it's certainly a, uh, a bit of a flawed film. Um, yeah. But uh, but there's so many interesting things about it. Um, it it's a little bit, I mean, it's, it's very arch. Uh, yeah. And it's sort of of like, you know when is this taking place, which i kind of, I, you know I, I'm a fan of the movies, and we were trying to do it here with a little bit of you know the house itself is a bit of a time warp yeah um, and then, yes, it's that sort of fever dream that starts to go haywire where okay, it's everybody against me and the walls are closing in, yeah no that's that's a, that's a good reference,
0: well, and also the the fact that Carl's character he can come in and be completely normal and acceptable to the parents who. Are who who think he's such a breath of fresh air. He's so he, he's so much more, what they're hoping their son would be. Sort of he sort of begins to supplant this uh, Mitch in in their in their family structure a little bit. So there is that. That's another element. that's sort of and then of course Mitch is trying to tell them no, this isn't who he he's not who he says he is. But it, it has all these elements, which is just a lot of fun if it, especially when you have the right kind of actors. Uh, who know yeah. how to handle this kind of thing, and by having Mark McKinney and Stephanie Weir in this film, I think was it just a huge part of the reason why it works.
1: Well, because they're yeah, absolutely, they're so lovable and charming and funny, um, and it, it was kind of an exercise uh, for myself. It, it was strange because I kept having to say, you know, they're kind of these characters that are just, they're so funny as far as uh, actors and and comedians. And you're trying to get them to be kind of the wet blanket throughout the movie, you know, saying don't do this, stop doing this. They're not believing their son. And there's certainly moments for them to, to be really funny. Um, yeah. But I needed the, you know, actors like that, that we could still really kind of latch onto with love and love and want to see and laugh at uh, while they were still being kind of the, the kind of the stick in the muds for the, the lead character.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, if there's parts of the film that are sort of the description of the story that, I, that I'm leaving out, please feel free to jump in. I, I want to make sure I get give people a sense. With Mitch, Mitch is is a hard guy to like at the beginning of the film. He's certainly sort of, he's wallowing in sort of this depression, despair, having blown all this money. But as the film unfolds, and it, it takes a little bit of time for us to get to this point in the film, but he, we start to understand what happened a little more clearly, and you sort of turn in your perception of him in the film. It's, it's not a, a wild swing. It's sort of piece by piece. We understand. Yeah. He's not the most social guy and he made, but he, he, I never felt like a guy that you, who didn't, who wanted to do the right thing. It felt like he always wanted to do the right thing, but not always motivated to do the right thing.
1: Does that make sense? For sure. I, yeah, exactly. we was trying to take a character that um, you you catch up with him Um, You know, when you start the story, it's after you, he's really blown it. And so he's kind of been hiding out, um, you know, living with his parents. And I I like the idea of taking a real loser (laughs) um, and trying to sort of redeem them them a little bit. Um, You know, it helps when you have an actor like Mark Little, who um, is very likable and, and, and very funny and can can make that type of character compelling mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't just feel like, uh, you know, a- a- an asshole the whole time. Right. Um, you've, you've got this guy that uh, you kind of keep, you you, you want to sort of get the viewer on board to root for this guy, even though he's he's really trying to just make his world keep the bubble from bursting. Um, like, you know, and basically doesn't want to move forward, which is probably not always the best idea as you're... To, to write for a protagonist that doesn't want to change. Right, uh, right. But, uh, but that,
0: that was the exercise. Yeah. Again, we find out, as the film progresses, we find out more and more as to why he's in this sort of depressed state. Mm. But at the same time, I always liked him. I mean, he just felt like you, you're rooting for him to do better. But it's understandable he got, he had, in the film, he wins $3.5 million in this lottery and then and then as we said in the in the introduction in 3 years it's gone which just seems you know staggering to lose that much money but at the same time not unheard of but also again i can understand why he'd be reticent to go into the world given that everyone knows his face and they know him for that they know him not for winning well, they know him at least as much for winning as for losing all of the money in a very short period of time. So, it's kind of an understandable reason why he doesn't want to venture out into the world.
1: Exactly, and, and that's sort of you know, there's a lot of humor that we we, we yeah. take from that, but yeah. also you know, it, it's this is a guy who was uh, you know, he wins the lottery in high school. He, he's a nice kid, but he just immediately falls in with the wrong people who who um, you, you know, know, not not awful, villain-type people, but just these buddies who want to have a good time and, okay, let's celebrate, and then three years later we've, we've celebrated so much that all the money's gone And you know, you lent us this, you lent us that. It's sort of a lot of the, the classic things you hear in real life when people uh, you know lose all their winnings. But um, And, you know, so we revisit that later when he catches up with a, yeah. one of his, his main buddies from that time. Um, but it's an interesting thing, you know, and it's, you know, the way we do it in, in, in our film is, uh, kind of a an odd um, thing that this guy is hiding from, uh, you know, uh, the, the stigma that he has in, you know, in his small town. But you can see that happening too these days. Just with even, you know, anybody online. You know, I, my biggest fear is uh, slipping on ice out front of a building that's videotaped, and then I'm, I become a meme or something. Right.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, and by the way, the uh, Huey Dorsey, who's his buddy, who you you alluded to. Is really yeah. good in that role. It's a smallish role. Uh, I thought the part. He's really. Uh, he was. He did a nice job with that. Uh, with that character.
1: Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, Patrick J. Adams from uh, *Suits* fame.
0: Yeah. Yes. He really is funny in the film and, and uh, genuinely. And yeah, there's just it's just such. Again, the, I said the top maybe four or five. This five, I would include definitely include Patrick. Jay Adams is as far as just a really winning character in the film. And you throw, from a storyline point of view, you throw Mitch a lifeline with Lindsay Ross, his, his girlfriend from high school, played by uh, Carla Gallo. She's another one of those characters where she adds the right element of reflection in the character's story, but also somebody who doesn't come across, and I'm sure it was written this way, who is kind of over the top. This is a character that in, you often see in films where uh, they reappear in someone's life and they're sort of hysterical or they're just so over the top, it's hard to it's hard to bring it back down to earth in terms of trying to develop characters, to, to develop the story. And in her character, Lindsay Ross, I felt like she was appropriately upset but wasn't dwelling on it any longer that the fact that they broke up after high school. But also a really warm character uh, who managed to... Manages to be a very resilient character in the in the story, so I, I really I really like the way she was written into this story.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean it, it's you know, you've got this film that's really a battle of wits between these two guys, and then you've got this uh you know sort of the girlfriend from the past character that, like you say, it can it, it can go you know one of two ways, and I, I was just trying to make her she's. Essentially, the the most sane person in the movie, yeah,
0: um,
1: just kind of walk, walking into this and going, Whoa, "What are you crazy?" Like, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, the only one that really listens to him. But also, you know, despite all the you know crazy things that he did in the past with the money that he's kind of hiding from, I think probably the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, she was she was his closest friend at that point, and he uh, kind of uh, you know did her wrong, and that's probably his. his his biggest
0: regret that he's trying
1: to, you know, that he's hiding from. Yeah. And there, uh, so we wanted to give that enough, you
0: know, uh, credence. You, you, I'm sorry. I didn't wrap up, but Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, there's a point in the film and I don't think I'm giving too much away where he, he sort of apologizes, but he, it's just a half-hearted, horrible apology. And instead of often films that would have been, you know, a reason to be hysterical. She, she, she maintains this rational, it, it, this rationality about it, and what I liked about that was well, they actually know each other. It's not as if this is someone who she doesn't know she understands him, and so it's it's a it's a reaction that's that's uh viable it's feasible that she she react that way and still wanted to be a part of you know his his life in some way i just i mean it's often it's not often you see films that are where the characters behave in ways that make them more and more relatable as the story progresses, especially in this kind of a film, a comedy sort of about paranoia, about, you know, trying to figure out what, where you're at in your life. And that's, I think that's the value of the film, uh, Room for Rent, is that it these characters are, you want to spend time with them, all of them, even... You know, even Carl. I like Carl. I thought he was a... I, I liked him. He's smart. He's he's sharp. He, he knows what he wants. I mean, he's a guy that's... Uh, he's not afraid to, to, to ask for things and assert himself into situations. He's the right kind of foil for someone like Mitch. Oh, okay. uh,
1: yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, that was... That's the ultimate goal was to try and make Carl um, kind of cut from the same cloth as Mitch. It's just like, um, you know, Mitch years later or uh you know what, what happens if this if he doesn't do if he doesn't burst his bubble maybe he's going to fester and turn into this guy but yeah. but it is the the key there because you've got this guy coming in and and uh starting to uh kind of ruin mitch's situation um but to make him uh, charismatic and and uh i mean brett Gelman. uh so electric on screen and anything he's in, and he's got so much personality and so much character. Um, I was, you know, we're, we're blessed to have him in this movie and doing the work that he did. It, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. One of our minor listeners, we're, we're talking with Matthew Atkinson. He's the director and writer of a film called Room for Rent, and Room for Rent is available on all the major uh, VOD platforms starting on uh, November 2nd, so you can check it out there. And again, that includes the usual Amazon, iTunes, Comcast, and a number of other platforms. And you can go to the website, roomforrentmovie.com is the official website for it, roomforrentmovie.com to find out more. It's also it's a Facebook page, Instagram. So check it out on those on those uh, sites to find out more about the film and where it'll be opening and screening and, and what platform you can see it on. So, well... Um, Tell me a little bit of, in terms of uh, production-wise. I mean, it's a small film. Uh, I s- assume that this was one of those run-and-gun sort of uh, film-making experiences. How many shooting days did
1: you have? We only had 17 days of shooting. That's um, Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. Um, so, I mean, we, we, the majority it takes place in this uh, one home, so that, that helped. Um, the the trick, you know, we, it was a small film, and we've got this great cast. Who, you know, uh, everyone has tiny windows in their schedules, so it was a big sort of uh, matrix of scheduling to get everyone, uh, you know, in to do to do this film. It, it was uh, it was tough. Yes, <laughs> I think every film is tough. Um, but uh, it, for me, it was. Um, you know, it's always the, the pre-production that's tough. Once I'm on set, uh, uh, it was when I look back, I think it was just really uh, a lot of fun. I mean, working with talent of this caliber, and uh, yeah. you know, I work in um, uh, short form and, and uh, commercials and stuff like that. And so, uh, getting back on set to do stuff where you're you're actually uh, working out scenes and um, stuff like that, it was it was really fun.
0: I bet it was, and you're right. Having just most of the film was shot in the, in the house, but you, you there are some other locations, other some exteriors, et cetera. But yeah, seventeen days is an insane. This is a a hundred, almost a hundred minutes, ninety something minutes long. Yeah, and you know, for those of you who wonder about these kinds of things, you're shooting. You know, seventeen into ninety. You're shooting. You, you've got to shoot five or six minutes worth of usable film every day to make that work. Six, seven minutes, and that's a lot. That's a lot of that, and and that's after editing, right? I mean, that that's you're shooting yeah. an awful lot, and uh, yeah, seventeen days. Yeah, that's uh usually I hear right around 20 twenty two, but that's uh that's extraordinarily fast. But you're right. You've got a cast of people who. Who've been down this road a couple of times? They know, they know what it takes to be ready, to be prepared, to be to hit their mark. And on top of everything else, these are all good characters. They they did a great job of developing each and every one of their characters. Uh, just a terrific.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it, like you say, it's a lot to cover and to get coverage and to have enough for an edit. But uh, with, I think the the remarkable thing is from take one. You know, these these actors are. They give you something great. So then it was really just playing with it and then, you know, leaving room to do some improv and stuff because you'd be crazy if you didn't. With the, <laughs> You're right. Cast. You're right.
0: You're right with Mark McKinney, Stephanie Weir. I mean, these are people. Yeah. That, I mean, Saturday Night Live, Mad TV, uh, Kids yeah. in the Hall. I mean, yeah, of course. That, that's, that's pretty rarefied air for people who are in comedy to be a part of those enterprises, so... Um, The film's also done well well in terms of um, film festivals. It won for Best Editing at the Canadian Cinema Editors Award. It won for Best uh, Canadian Film Festival. It won the Jury Award for Feature Film, as well as for Editing for, uh, I'm sorry, for Best Set Design. And then you won Chicago Comedy Film Festival, uh, Stephanie Weir Tacoma, uh, an award for Best Actress in a Feature and it again i think it speaks volume to uh to the film and to the quality of the film it's a it's a fun watch and i really oh also other film awards here in los angeles won for uh brett gelman won for best uh actor in a feature as well as best feature film so congratulations on this film and um i'm certain that you're working on other projects and um Hopefully, any more comedies in your future? Are you working on more dramatic stuff? What you, what's up?
1: Definitely. Um, I, yeah, a little a bit of both. I mean, I think everything, uh, even if I start out like, oh, I'm gonna, this is going to be a dramatic, uh, you know, cop uh, uh, film or something, it always ends up kind of funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, which uh, is fine by me. Um, I, I, I love working in that uh, genre. So, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm working on uh, a few things right now. Um, a couple of film scripts and then also some uh, some TV. But um, I, I like the idea of trying to mix comedy with some other sort of genre stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, yeah. uh, for all the uh, the great feedback.
0: You're very welcome. Uh, I had a lot of fun with the film. The film again is Room for Rent. We've been talking with the writer and director of Matthew Atkinson. Matthew, thank you so much for being here today. I I really look forward to your future work, and uh, come back and join us again. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Mike. Thanks so much. Thank you.